Hello, I'm Adriana Jacobs, and welcome back to the eighth and final episode of Staying Alive, a podcast series on contemporary poetry and crisis. Today's episode features the work of the Palestinian poet Yusuf Kasimir. Yusuf is currently a DPhil candidate at the University of Oxford, where he is writing about conceptualizations of time and containment in Arabic and English refugee literature. His poems and translations in both English and Arabic have appeared in numerous journals, including Modern Poetry and Translation and An-Nahar, one of Lebanon's leading daily newspapers. As writer-in-residence for the Refugee Hosts Project, he contributes poetry, translations, and essays that draw from his childhood in and visits to Badawi Camp. Located in North Lebanon, Badawi Camp has been home to Palestinian refugees since the 1950s, and in more recent years to refugees from Syria. In this episode, recorded in Oxford, we discuss writing the camp, poetry's ways of seeing, and the signs that death leaves in the camp to remember, revisit, and translate. Thank you, Yusuf, for joining me on this sunny Oxford morning. My pleasure. I'd like us to begin with one of your poems. Would you mind reading, In Arrival, Feet Flutter Like Dying Birds? We think sometimes that they came from countless directions, from dim-colored borders, from the raging fire that devoured them in the beginning, from absence. Here they come again, so invite them over to our death. The refugee is the revenant of the face. O refugee, feast upon the other to eat yourself. In arrival, feet flutter like dying birds. In the camp, time died so it could return home. I'd like us to talk about this line, the refugee is the revenant of the face. Your work often inverts life and death and the living and dying around the figure of the refugee. And what really struck me about this line is that it proposes the refugee as a sort of undead figure. In fact, the uh, the face itself is, is what takes us back to the refugee. It's the it's the very trace that associates us with with who is in front of us. And I think that death is in itself what the face carries. This is how at least I see it when I return regularly to the camp, to Badawi camp. For me, death is taking place, but also death is happening because we are present and because we are there as refugees and because other refugees are also joining us in the same place. This is how, at times, I think of the invocation of the dead and the undead in writing about perhaps things that have become normalized, but also are still very specific, very specific in the sense that they are happening in a place that has become time, that has absorbed histories, that has absorbed individuals. And that's why this place is in action all the time. 
it's not a place that is going to disappear soon. And that's why even the death within its parameters has become a ritual on its own, not just as an accident, but also as an event, as something to be remembered and also to be perhaps written into the camp. It strikes me, though, that this idea of writing death into the camp is also quite precarious in that the camp itself is not meant to be a permanent place. And yet when we think about where we bury our dead, these are places where ideally we can return, we can visit. In many languages, uh, cemeteries um, often have some connection to the idea of home. And so what are the implications of writing death into a place that is not meant to be permanent? I think in, in the process, we also write death into, into the presence, into the presence of, into our presence as people who've been in these places for a very long time. I think that death here has become or should be read also as a trace, as a trace that negates something but also confirms another thing. And we have also to remember that death leaves signs. It leaves individuals. It leaves cemeteries. It leaves the tombstone. And the tombstone also is this inscription that allows us to remember continuously, to remember those who are no longer with us, but also to remember that this place is very much attached and should be read in association with our lives, multiple lives in these places. I've never thought of, of the camp as a temporary place. And of course, this assumption is not to claim its permanence, but to mainly remember that what is being lived as we speak is something that is valid. It's valid than, or more valid, in fact, than these perceptions of the temporary versus the permanent. I think that perhaps we might call it a, a temporary permanence of some sort, but it's a still a place that goes beyond its, I would say, boundaries as a place. That's why... On one occasion, I wrote, the camp is time. The camp is time because how can we read a place that now expresses things on our behalf? So how can we talk about a place that has become a separate entity on its own? And that's why, in a sense, we're returning to the camp. We're returning to the camp also in our writing, trying to see how we can bond or rebond with this construction, with these memories. And it's not about eternalizing the misery therein. I think it's, it's how we remember that these cemeteries not just reflect our, our presence, but also 
refer us back to who we are as people who've been in such places for a very long time. So the invocation of history is also the invocation of the personalized time, of how we experience time and timing in these places. At times, when I return, when I go to visit my family, the only thing that I do not want to do is to write for them and is to write for their own death. So what I try to do instead is to remember and to remember that death has always been around in these in these well-contained places, places which do not have, in fact, entry points. People at times exit, but they do not know whether they are exiting from specific entry points. That's why it's become, it's become open in its claustrophobic nature. It's become a huge, also, cemetery, a huge site of remembrance. So you say that you try not to write to your family. But it's interesting to me that in a number of contexts, I've seen you use the word conversation in reference to poetry, which raises the question for me, to whom are these poems addressed? And with whom are you in conversation? The conversation is um, is somewhat or the word itself is somewhat um, misused uh, by me. I think uh, it never, as far as my writing is, is concerned, it never confirms the dialogical aspect of, of a conversation. It's more what is in front of me, what's behind me, in fact, and how I relate to these to these episodes. So it's between me and and maybe the thematics or the problematics of what I am trying to 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 write about. I I feel that um, talking on behalf of or writing for or to, I, I, I do not feel particularly comfortable with this notion, with this approach, because this necessita- necessitates an audience of some sort, and it does not. I'm, I'm not looking for a particular audience in my writing. I'm looking for, in fact, writing itself. How something is produced, how something is is seen, and how we respond to this writing. So the conversation comes from, from me, comes from my interactions with these objects and details and signs. They are in front of us, but I think once I said that these are like dried vegetables, it's about injecting a bit of water in them, and then all of a sudden they become alive again. And these conversations are happening internally, 
and maybe writing is just a symptom or a sign of of this occurrence. And um, I try to listen attentively to my mother in particular because she narrates a lot. She tells things patiently. Unlike my father, my father moves from A to B very quickly. So there is that pragmatic, perhaps, edge to his conversations. So in a sense, I respond more to my conversations with my mother. But in writing, these very lengthy and perhaps redundant, but redundance is so important in the camp. The moment we view it differently, we realize that we are not responding to the place itself. I think that all these routines are there as a reminder that we are going to write about things that may look the same at once. But in fact, the moment we dig deep in them, we explore different facets and different layers So this is the camp. The camp is not just this facade. The camp is the very particular in this very generic life. Could you say more about that? What does that mean, the particular in a generic life? The way camps are represented um, in multiple fields, in fact, for example, in anthropology, in, in, in the way ethnography is perceived, I think that there is this um, understanding, or this understanding is in fact uh, is somewhat promoted that uh, we need to to look at a place that is there, that is there as the the general, and then to to view the lives inside this place as the specific. But the camp is also the specific. The camp is not created just simply because there were people. The camp was created because these people hold memories and because these people did not choose to become refugees. So that's why the specific at least allows us to see to see the the multiple narratives that that have always been there. And this takes us to the question of poetry. Because poetry is how you also see things through the individual eye, through the very private and the intimate. And you're reading, and you're reading not of a group of people, but you're reading of the individual in particular. And I, I think that this is invoked to uh, in multiple levels in, in my writings when I write about my mother's feet, but these feet belong to the camp. But they belong to the camp by virtue of belonging to my mother. This is something that we we tend to forget. I think that there is that chain of events that is, I would say, best captured in poetry because of the transience also in writing, because of of the way we view things, but we view things when perhaps our eyes are wide open or perhaps one of our eyes is 
is Samishat. I think that these are all different perspectives, different perspectives to reading things, but also different perspectives that inform the way we write and the way we write about about the intimate and the very specific in this in this place. I'd like to turn to the place of poetry and specifically the place of language in your work. Perhaps now it's the question of, of languages. I write in in Arabic. I also write in English. But neither of these languages are complete for me in writing. I uh, The writing happens when when I feel very uncomfortable, very uncomfortable about also how we assume languages and how how we how we claim to possess them. I I still feel that the beginnings, however, belong to Arabic in my in my imagination, in my thoughts. So these ideas exist in that in that language exist in 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 writing about about the camp for instance arabic is is a prevalent but it's not a prevalent in the sense that it does not allow other things to transgress or to traverse i think that english also moves towards the camps now it moves towards my writing because i feel that in order to convey this tentativeness, the tentativeness of our presence, I think that it is worth exploring how languages meet and collide and how they meet for the same space, but also collide over it. And I think that this uh, corpus as the language versus corpus of the body is something that interests me hugely. It interests me because because it it transmits um, certain insecurities about about my perception of languages and my also perception of my dialect or my multiple dialects in the Arabic language. I I think that this in itself allows us to to see how how writing um, writing should be very indecisive should be very very blurry and very very uncertain and also it should always tremble this is how i view writing i view it as the the opposite of 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 certainty so what is the work that poetry is doing and specifically the kind of work that it's doing when you invoke the word refugee in a poem how does that word tremble in a different way in a poem than say in one of the more academic writings that you also do I think the the trembling is is 
It's really a very pertinent thread uh, in 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 writing generally. I I I feel at times that when the word refugee is mentioned by me, is written by me, it's become somewhat somewhat independent of the poem somewhat uh, somewhat bigger than the poem itself and i'm not saying that in writing poetry you're overshadowing other disciplines or other genres no but i think that the way transience is conveyed in a in a poem meets the transience of the refugee it meets the transience of of the word itself or how we assume that it's impermanent and yet we're still writing about it because it's happening it's happening in front of us and i i think that that's why um at least uh, poetry does not does not impose um, well cemented borders in the sense that the refugee flutters around and moves around in the poem so he or she is not depicted as a fixity and also i write about myself this is this is very um, in the sense that you are drawing something but also you have the right to change certain details about 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 some specific colors for example in this self portrait i think uh, it it is not it's not also the word that stays it's the aftermath of the word of how it's seen and i i sometimes think of in fact something that uh, paul de man in fact mentioned once uh, on autobiography as a defacement of some sort and i think that this fascinates me how when the word itself is mentioned you realize that you're defacing your own face but you're defacing your own face because you can see it and this is the only opportunity for me to see my face to see it through the poem to see it through these verses more texts. Well, on that note, I want to thank you for participating in this encounter and for being a part of this conversation with me. Thank you very much again for the opportunity, Adriana. In this episode, Yusuf reads the poem In Arrival Feet Flutter Like Dying Birds, which was featured in the 2017 Venice Biennale and can be read along with other poems and translations by Yusuf on refugeehosts.org. Over the past six months, I've enjoyed meeting poets around the world to discuss how they write about crisis, and it's been incredibly rewarding to me as someone who not only teaches and writes about poetry, but also turns to it in difficult times. I hope you also have enjoyed this experience, and I hope we'll meet again soon to continue these conversations.
Staying Alive is an original podcast series created and presented by me, Adriana Jacobs, with editing by Daniel Bieber and Danny Cox, and music by The Zombie Dandies. Support for this podcast comes from the John Fell Fund. For more information about this episode, including materials that didn't make it into the final cut, visit the podcast website, stayingalive.show. Thank you.